Welcome to a new feature of the Ingenious Podcast called One Question, Two Tips. We will be interviewing several CPA marketers and leaders at top regional public accounting firms. We'll end the segment with What We're Loving Now. Now here is the host of this podcast series, Don Wagonar, Principal of Ingenuity Marketing Group in St. Paul, Minnesota. With me today is Becca Johns, a public relations and marketing dynamo who was named to Accounting Today's Top 100 Most Influential People in Public Accounting Ones to Watch in 2020. She has been with Ray & Associates based in Dublin, Ohio since 2005 and serves as their Director of Practice Growth. Welcome, Becca. Hi, Don. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to, I always love talking with you, so I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, I think it'll be a really fun session today. I'm excited to learn more about Ray and Associates and about your work with them and with your team. So let's get started. My first question for you today is, please provide two tips for this question. Since you joined Ray, the firm has received more than 20 awards for its creative marketing efforts. What are two tips you can offer to help marketers stay creative and imaginative, but also tie their efforts to practice growth? Okay, so my first tip is to be fearless and don't be afraid of failing. Uh, When I first joined the firm, one of our early managing partners really challenged our team to be fearless. He didn't want our marketing to look like the firm down the street. He really wanted us to show personality, and he really challenged us. You know, he would come into my office and say, this is boring. I need it. You know, I need a better picture or I need whatever. And he really kind of set a tone of it's okay to try things out of the box. It's okay to try things that aren't going to work. Like there are things, you know, that we were like, well, this may not be successful and that's okay as long as you learn from it. And there may be something, you know, if it doesn't go the way you planned, but maybe there was one piece of it that you can take and say, okay, that actually worked. Let's take that one little piece and expand upon it. Um, so, yeah, I guess my first tip would just be, to be fearless and don't be afraid to try new things. And my second tip. Yeah, I was just going to say, Becca, now that must have been exciting, but it must have been frustrating at the same time because I'm sure you were like, seriously, you want us to like redo this? Like how creative do you really want us to be? Yes, for sure. And especially, um, you know, getting marketing advice from a non-marketer sometimes is not always what you want. But you know, again, those little frustrations aside, I really think that his perspective was a good one in the sense of we knew that we had his support. And if we tried something that was a flop, you know, we weren't going to get hit, you know, budget cut next year. There's no penalties for that. Um, One of our firm values is fail forward. So um, that's something that's part of our culture is that no matter what your position is in the firm, it's okay if you do something or if you make a mistake. Um, but, you know, the part about fail forward is, you know, the failure is okay, but the forward-looking aspect of it is just make sure you learn from it. Don't repeat the same mistake again. Um, but, you know, as I'm sure you know, you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. That would be just my first tip is, you know, don't beat yourself up if things don't work, especially in a in a discipline like marketing. You know, there's no I mean, there are some guidelines in terms of like spam rules, but there's no guidelines for us to work within. It's 
it's not black and white. It's not right or wrong. There are so many different directions. There are many ways to skin a cat, if you want to say. it's We're not always going to hit hit a slam dunk or grand slam or whatever you call it. Um, and that's okay. It's, you right. have to try new things. Yeah, you must have an amazing copywriter. I also read on your LinkedIn that to help nurture your creative side that you do the majority of the graphic design. Is that still true? I have to ask. That is not still true, and you know I miss it. I do miss it. You know, and and I think what I I really I really like doing graphic design, but it kind of can take you a while to you know you're fumbling around, you're moving things around, you're changing out graphics and colors, and I think that's the thing. Like I don't, it's rare for me to have a chunk of time where I can sit and work on something like that. So that's I miss that creative side. You know, as you take on more leadership roles, you kind of get away from the doing of things and there are some things that I do miss every now and then like my sister-in-law she's a teacher and every now and then she'll say I can you help me like make a flyer for my classroom and I like oh yes I would love to <laughs> um so I still find little ways to be creative outside of work I like to knit and do photography so I still have some like creative outlets even though like the artistic creative side of my job isn't really there anymore so my second tip is to collaborate and to look for inspiration everywhere. I would say that some of our most successful initiatives weren't ideas that came from my team. Um, a few years ago, a partner came into my office and said, I think we should have a podcast. And this was before accounting firms had podcasts. And I was like, Mark, nobody wants to listen to accountants on a podcast. <laughs> this was like back in the day when like the first season of Serial had just started. Mm. And that's when I think like podcasts really kind of exploded. But that was like a true crime kind of thing. And it was very engaging. And I was like, that no one wants to listen to an accounting podcast. But he sold it to me. And I really saw the value. And that's something that, you know, I'm sure we would have gotten there eventually, but he helped us get there a lot, a lot sooner. The same with our, we did a COVID-19 webinar series last year. And, you know, in the past we had done like one, two, three webinars per year. And we'd always have like, you know, a six to eight week lead time to promote and prepare for the webinar. And when COVID hit, our lead HR consultant, you know, wanted to put out a webinar and obviously it was very timely and we had like two days and I was like, I don't know if we're going to, you know, I think maybe the goal here is to get a few people to attend live, but then really promote the recording. And we learned, I think it was just a, a unique situation, but again, that was an idea that was brought to us and we learned that we can execute a webinar in a lot shorter time frame if needed. Obviously it's not ideal, but during that time, you know, she really helped us think differently about how to do online events. And that really spurred um, a big successful webinar campaign that we were able to do last year. So, you know, aside from accepting input from people inside your firm, I think that's really important to be open-minded when someone comes to you with an idea. And, you know, even if it's a good idea, you don't have the resources always to implement every good idea. So you have to be selective. But I think you have to show people that you're willing to listen to their ideas. And again, if you can find one piece out of it that you think, if the whole thing's not going to work, but you can find one thing, I think that's just really good to have that kind of relationship with the partners in your firm. And I would also say, especially in the accounting marketing industry within AIM, talking to people at other firms is like my favorite thing to do. And yeah. I always learn something. I was just talking to someone yesterday 
who uses the same client survey that we do, and we just wanted to compare notes about what are you doing to prepare for the survey, to promote the survey, and then to promote the survey results and, you know, change culture in your firm in terms of client service. And I got some really great ideas from her. I hope I was able to share some ideas with her as well. And I think those conversations are just so important. I think we all just have to have each other's backs in that way within our industry because the accounting profession is so old and it's kind of, in a way, set in its ways. Of course, there are innovations happening all the time. But accounting marketing, again, we're just kind of paving our own path. And so I think the more we can help each other and the more we can collaborate and share ideas, I think that's just so awesome. And again, it's not to say, you know, don't have your own critical thinking and to just plagiarize or copy exactly what another <laughs> firm is doing. But listening to those ideas and thinking how you can, you know, change what you're doing in your firm or implement something similar, I just think is, you know, it's, it's really good to surround yourself with smart people, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I think that speaking to other marketing individuals, whether through AIM or the association that you belong to, if you belong to a CPA association, is invaluable. You can learn so much from each other. So I have to ask now, 20 awards, that's a lot. And some of them were community service-based as well. So that's huge. It takes a lot of time. And do you feel that individuals coming to you, I mean... You winning these awards, you obviously built up trust that they believe that your team is, you know, like amazing, obviously, that they want to come and like see if you can do anything with their idea internally. Do you think that also has something to do with it, that they they believe internally that you have a lot of influence, you know, you're going to succeed with whatever they come to you with? Yeah, I think so. You know, we've had a few situations where we belong to the BDO Alliance. So a partner may go to a BDO conference or they're at a tax conference and another CPA from another firm will say like, oh, I love your podcast or I love what I love your website or they'll compliment them on our marketing initiatives. And hearing that from a peer, you know, way better than us saying, you know, we're really proud of this. We we think we've done a great job in the XYZ area. But I do think that adds some credibility. You know, I'm not I'm not the type to really like super promote those awards within the firm. Of course, we, you know, include it in our internal communications that we've won the award, but that's kind of the extent of it. I kind of like to be more behind the scenes and let my work speak for itself instead of relying on those awards. I mean, I think the awards are really great for team morale, and it's just nice to feel like, you know, you're on the right track and your work's being recognized. But I, you know, and I do think internally it does just help show our partners that their investment in marketing is worthwhile and that we're doing things that are effective and maybe cutting edge or at, you know, kind of the top of the industry in those areas. Right. Now, some of the awards that you won, like for podcasts or events, just for a couple of them, do you feel like they're, the creativity in them, they're tying to the practice growth and they're having a lot of ROI and bringing in business to some extent? Yeah, I mean, you know, ROI is always, so tricky. We we did not win a webinar or an AMA for our webinar series, but that one is something we can definitely tie ROI to. That was a really easy one. We know of several new clients that we brought in because of, and of course the partners were nurturing those leads too. I'm not saying it's only because of the webinar, but you know we got one big client that said, you know my my accounting firm has been completely silent during all of this. Like I've gotten no guidance from them, and they were on our list somehow, and they got our webinar invites. And they decided, like, that's the kind of firm I want to work with that's going to be proactive. And even if they don't have all the answers, because nobody had all the answers, 
at that time, but that I have somewhere I can go with my questions and they'll help me figure it out. You know, the podcast, same thing. We've heard, you know, anecdotes along the way. One of them was about outsourced accounting and the partner had been talking to a client about, you know, you should really look at these client advisory services that we offer. And he listened to the podcast and said, okay, I'm finally ready to have the conversation. I think a lot more of that happens than what makes it into my inbox or, you know, designated in CRM. <laughs> I was just talking with our CEO elect yesterday and he was asking me some ROI questions. And, you know, I'm always happy to have those conversations, but there is some education there in terms of, you know, I can't really tell you what business we've gotten because of our website. You know, I can tell you what's come in through the contact form on our website, but to pinpoint what the trigger point was that made someone want to reach out to us, as you know, it's just so hard. Right. I wish there was an easy solution to that. Yeah, exactly. So my last question in terms of creativity is in relation to your website. It's I love the writing and the navigation, the pages on it right now. I would think from a talent brand standpoint, it must really assist with that, especially with staffing and the way things are right now. You know, in the past, my team's main objective is to bring in our ideal client. We call them Ray 1000 clients. And a thousand is just like the goal that we want to have a thousand of these certain type of clients. So we call them Ray 1000. But the last few years, we've kind of also added in a really big objective of helping the firm bring in top talent and promoting our employer brand. So we have put some focus on our website in the careers section. We just upgrade our LinkedIn to like the career type page. So we're building some pages out there. But I think that's something that marketers are seeing more and more in their job descriptions is like we're not responsible for recruiting, but we are responsible for promoting our firm as a place where people want to work. You know, a lot of the stuff we do, like our Facebook page is really kind of just to show our culture. We don't really expect to get new work out of that. And again, our CEO elect was asking me like, what's, you know, why do you guys put effort into something like this, when most of the engagement that you're getting on that platform is current employees. And I shared with him the importance of like, well, it's not only about bringing in new clients, we also have to promote our firm's culture and Facebook just kind of naturally turned into a good way to do that. I love it. It's great. So now it's time for a closing segment of the CPA Influencers podcast called What We're Loving Now. We ask CPA Influencers the question, what are you loving right now? It could be work-related or just something fun or joyful in your life. So what I'm loving now is change. My firm is going through a pruning project where we're Mm -hmm. looking at clients that, for one reason or another, aren't working out for us. Maybe we're not profitable. Maybe they're difficult to work with. Maybe they're just not an area that we specialize in and can be better served somewhere else. And I've kind of, you know, been working with firm leadership on taking a similar approach to our marketing. You know, like you mentioned, I've been with the firm since 2005. And a lot of things that we do are just on autopilot, and we haven't stepped back and thought, okay, why are we still doing that? Is that the best use of our time? Is that most effective? So I'm looking at what we can prune from a marketing perspective to be able to have better results in other areas. One of my favorite business books that I've read more times than any other book is called Necessary Endings by, I think, Dr. Henry Cloud. It kind of starts off with the analogy of a rose bush in terms of you have to prune your rose bush in order for it to keep blooming and to be a beautiful plant. 
So you have to trim off what's dead or dying in order to make room for new growth. And I just think that concept is so interesting. And I think it's really effective when you can take a look at what are we spending time on that's really not giving us the results. Um, I don't know if you attended Joe Paluzzi's keynote presentation at AIM um, um, yeah. this year, but he mentioned if you're going to be on social media, like a social media platform, like maybe you should only be on one, like give it your all and only do things that you can be great at. And that really struck a chord with me. So we're, I'm hoping that we can kind of simplify what we're doing, maybe put less noise out there and just be really focused on what we, what's giving us the best results and what's most effective in terms of either those top clients or top talent for our firm. I love how you said prune for your clients and not firing, which is what most firms would say. And I have to say, a couple of years ago, we went through all of our marketing efforts at Ingenuity and looked at all the results. And we, I said, okay, then we're not going to do it going forward because especially as a small agency too, but in general, I mean, you're a small team. You only have so much time in the day. And if it's not producing results, why do it? I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, one of the first things, we pruned was I sent out an email to the partners and said, we're no longer going to be doing ads for sports programs or, you know, chamber directories. If you've committed, you can still send your check. If they have an old ad in the past, they can run it. But in terms of like our time to develop those ads, it's, we're not getting, we're not getting anything from a football program ad. So that's just one thing that we've just had to say no more. And right. so far I haven't gotten really any pushback. And I have had a couple partners say like, Good for you. Yeah, we don't do Why are we even doing those in the first place? <laughs> I don't know. Think of all the money you're saving, too. Not just that, but the time. Yeah. All right. Well, you'll have to send the final pruning list to me so I can see everything that you pruned. I'll be interested. <laughs> yeah, I think right now we're just looking for, like, little easy things. I think the trickier thing will be looking at, the you know, the big things that are big pieces of our budget or big recurring projects that we do all the time. I think that's when it's going to be a little bit trickier and some of it may feel even feel personal because again, I've been with the firm and a lot of these things I helped start and it's going to maybe have to be time to say, okay, that has run its course and we're ready for something new. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Becca. This has been really fun and extremely yeah. interesting. I really enjoy hearing about being fearless and collaboration as I completely agree on collaboration. Collaboration is one of our values at Ingenuity. So I wholeheartedly agree with that yeah. from a creativity standpoint. But thank you so much. It was great. Yeah, thank you, Don.